Welcome to the revolution. Welcome to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV and stream into a couple other places too. I am your host Bernadette Pager. So glad you could be here today. Let's bring Dr. Javier Figueroa on with me. Hey, Javier. So good to have you. Good to see you as well, Bernadette. Yeah. I love this time of year. That beautiful fall weather. The the um the chemtrails have left us alone recently and the bluest skies you've ever seen are not currently in Seattle, they're in Tennessee. I, I can believe gorgeous. that. I can or believe my little that. corner. <laughs> over here in Idaho, uh close to Boise, the chemtrails are just covering the sky right now. And we've got clouds, clouds all over, and what should be a beautiful blue sky is a <sighs> mottled baby uh. blue. You know, one of these days, we're, we are really seriously going to have to get to the bottom of all that. I hope other people are really taking on that because we can't take it all on. Nope. We can't tell people about it. That's somebody we haven't had on the show yet. We need a, a chemtrail expert. Oh, well, fortunately, there's a couple on Substack. I'll reach out. Oh, fantastic. I, I really like that. Um, let us uh, go ahead and say right now that the views expressed on our show are not necessarily those of KKNW or CHD TV. Great, amazing freedom of speech platforms, and we're so glad to be with them. And the views expressed are not um, giving medical advice either or legal advice or, you know, we're just talking. We're giving you information you need to know so that you can go consult with your trusted healthcare providers and whoever, um, and make your own informed decisions. Yeah, that is what we are all about. And, you know, I've been a little negligent on and making sure every week that I, I give a shout out to if you like this programming, if you're finding it beneficial, if it's inspiring to you that freedom of speech that we can say on the airwaves in Washington State, Ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, masks don't work. I mean, you know what I mean? No, I didn't mean to apply. Ivermectin doesn't work. Ivermectin works. Hydroxychloroquine works. <laughs> Vitamin D works. Gargling with iodine works. The shots are dangerous. The shots are criminal. I can, we can Natural immunity is better. Natural, Natural immunity, preferable early treatment protocols. We don't want anybody to get sick and die. No. We just want healthy immunity. And we can say that on this free speech platform here at KKNW. So if you value this, please go to informedchoicewa.org and consider giving a donation. Even $5 a month, $10 a month keeps this show on the air. It is all volunteer or, or donation funded to our nonprofit. We don't sell anything. I sound like Bill Del Big Tree. We don't sell diapers. <laughs> Is that what he says on his show? Um, but we don't. And um, any of the little PSAs that we do on this show are for nonprofits that simply um, help you make sure you remember these other great organizations that are sources of news um, and help. Um, because we also sometimes play that PSA for um, a law firm that is a nonprofit um, to help people with medical and especially uh, religious freedom. Correct. Um, yeah. So, you know, I always forget. So before we bring on our wonderful guest, I, I do want to talk about a couple of things here. Let me um, share this. 
and um, every week, uh, the wonderful uh, member of Informed Choice Washington, Gerald Broad, with um, a little bit of editing um, by some of our other awesome people in the um, in our organization, put together a great newsletter on Substack. It's linked on our website, or you can go directly to Substack. But what he does every week, bless his heart, is he listens to the show, and things that we mention, he creates links to. So you can go there the next, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, depending on when we get it out, um, and find the links of things that you have heard about. So that, you know, nice. I, I just, thank you, Gerald and Bob and Lisa and the others who helped put that together. Um, and I wanted to to let you know also, and there's some great stories in here, like this week, um, all 2021 all-cost mortality at the Washington State Department of Health. There's a great article on that. There's 17 candidates and politicians from the state of Washington who have signed the Medical Liberty Pledge. You can read about that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The uh, Clark and Pierce County Republicans have adopted a medical freedom resolution. Very exciting. There's this growing movement across the United States for parties to adopt medical freedom platforms. Love to see that. And uh, uh, Washington State's own Dr. Turner participated in an FLCCC roundtable. And there's some information about that, some quotes and a link to that great roundtable that he participated in. Um, Javier, always, we also want to let people know that of upcoming events, which they kindly put in this Substack, which would be, it's coming Fantastic. up. Yeah, on Monday, October 9th, this is the next Washington State Board of Health meeting. There's links in the Substack post. Um, for you to see the agenda and sign up to give public comment, which you can do. Usually it's uh, one to three minutes, so you get your time, and it's um, done virtually, or you can go in person these days, but also virtually. There's going to be um, Thursday, the Seattle Truth Network is hosting a connect-in-person meeting from 6 to 9 p.m. at Razzi's Pizzeria in Greenwood at 7 o'clock. There's a link there, so you can go check that out. And then a great big event um, where Informed Choice Washington will be having a table um, is the Great Northwest Awakening presented by Patriots United Washington. So it's going to be a big to do with, with um, famous guest speakers, door prizes, and just great time to go mingle with like-minded people who believe in, in medical freedom. So that's Saturday, October 21st. Um, yeah, so uh, so I think I've got all the news there. But Javier, I, I want to be better and not be remiss and ask you, dear sir, do you have anything on your substack that's new that you would like to share with readers? I've got it all prepared to pull up. One I am working on, uh, oh, thank you. One I'm working on a couple of posts. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Mark Skidmore will make an announcement soon on uh, some of the work that's been that he's been doing as well as some of the actions that have been going on at his university uh he's been under investigation for uh an irb a potential irb um uh violation and he just received news that he will announce uh of what's what's been going on okay. uh and also excuse me <clears throat> um I'm working on um, with uh, I'm working with uh, several of the authors to uh, well one I've been I've put up out a petition 
to request people to uh, write in and uh, give us their comments on how they feel about the retractions and withdrawals that were implemented again against Dr. James Lyons Weiler and Dr. Paul Thomas, as well as Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough and Jessica Rose in their publication, as well as Dr. Mark Skidmore's publication. Mm-hmm. On they did. So uh, we're we're almost up to five thousand signatures right now from people around the world. Uh, wow! They feel very strongly that this is this is censorship of the worst kind, and they need to reinstate the the papers. Yeah, um, pop that in the chat for us, Javier, and I'll make sure we get that shared Absolutely. so we can get more signatures on there. That is fantastic. All righty then. So I think I think we're kind of caught up a bit um, on the news. So now we get to bring on the amazing Dr. Sarah Cutlerman, who we had on before. There she is, Dr. Sarah. Is that okay if I call you Dr. Sarah? Totally fine. Okay, I just I stumble a bit over Cutlerman. So. <laughs> Appreciate no problem. It. Most yeah. people do. In fact, in the office, I'm always going by Dr. K. So Dr. Oh. Sarah is just fine. Okay, wonderful. And you look lovely. You, you've told me before the show that you're going off to another speaking engagement right after this. Correct. Yep. I'll be heading over with uh, my sister, who's also the CEO of our facility, over to the Wenatchee Chiropractic Seminar that's happening this weekend. And I'm a speaker over there as well. Oh, that's so exciting. I love, do, do you think chiropractic care th- through the nonsense we've been through the past few years has seen an increase in attention and growth and, and appreciation for what you do? Absolutely. We're actually at a weird moment in time right now where most of the offices that I'm in communication with cannot meet patient demand. This is one of the reasons that we are trying to, we are in the process of opening a chiropractic college in this state. Um, One of the goals that we're hoping to meet is to meet the demand. There's a lot of underserved communities because there are not enough chiropractors to provide care. That's with a traditional chiropractic model. When you start to look at chiropractic through the lens that we're doing at Avario Health Institute, where it's not about just the symptomatic change in the patient, but changing the underlying uh, tissue and neurological dysfunction, this if people knew they had an option in this, uh, we wouldn't be anywhere within a, a few percentage of the amount of chiropractors we would need to stem mm-hmm. the demand. Wow. I, that's so exciting to me. I just love it. The more I hear about it, um, you know, the more I want to know and the more I want to champion it. Uh, so maybe maybe it's a, it's good that things are a little bit slow because then you'd have an awful lot of frustration. And, you know, in any field of health or medicine or practice, you know, you need the people who are gifted and and well-trained and you you definitely don't want people just jumping in there without sufficient training right. doing um, this important work, so. Well, chiropractic is unusual. Chiropractic mm-hmm. has been non-pharm, it's, it's the only tier one education that's non-pharmaceutical within clinical sciences. Everything else has, has gotten the waters have gotten muddied with pharmaceuticals. And it's not that there haven't been multiple offers for chiropractors to have pharmaceutical rights. There was the 1925 offer, which was when osteopathy went down the pharmaceutical route. There have been more recent offers um, as naturopathy has gone down a pharmaceutical route. 
And every single time chiropractic has said, no, we really are not all that interested in adding pharmaceuticals. Mm -hmm. And this has allowed chiropractic to really stay focused on what can be done outside of the drug culture. It's an mm -hmm. unusual profession. Uh, and that's not to say that chiropractors can't get distracted, but we at least do not have the distraction of the pharmaceuticals. Yeah, that is wonderful. Um, so you're not doing the pharmaceuticals, but you do, you do do um, nutraceuticals and herbs and that sort of thing. At least my own, uh, the naturopath that I saw out in Washington when we lived there um, would give advice on herbs and different things. Is, is that what does your practice as well? Chiropractors can specialize in a lot of different areas. I know a chiropractor down in South Everett who also has her degree in midwifery and she focuses her practice just on that whole side of helping babies get developed wow. and born without any kind of neurological dysfunction. Wow. You can specialize in any way. Um, chiropractic has to do with, at a core, removing central nervous system dysfunction. That is what the training is in. Now, if you go back into chiropractic history, you will find that there are a lot of writing and books and teaching about this idea of three T's, the three things that can get in the way of having a normal functioning system, the idea of thoughts, traumas, and toxins. Well, if you start to get into the toxin box, which is kind of funny because you guys were talking about chemtrails, and just today I had to write three different protocols for patients who have chemicals and heavy metals in their system that most likely came from chemtrails. Yeah. Um, and that's not a conspiracy thing. The, there is very, very good literature, peer reviewed literature that has been done going, okay, these chemicals, they're most likely coming from environmental pollution and chemtrails are a big part of that. Mm -hmm. this, is, this is something we see on a weekly basis in practice if you're looking for it. So from the, the toxicity piece, if I've got a patient who has a central nervous system that is not responding, a spinal system that's not responding because of toxicity, then that's something that we will address clinically. Um, because chiropractic is about getting the central nervous system to function and regulate correctly. There you go. Right. Very good. Now, can I know uh, chemtrails, I believe, contain nanoparticle aluminum? Um, what are the two others that you're seeing in patients? We see barium and cadmium coming from chemtrails as well. Uh, I would imagine there are probably more than that. Uh, oh, yeah. We're actually in the process of, of compiling a large practitioner's manual on how to address toxicology in chronics and complex patients because it is more common than you would think. And it's particularly common in one specific diagnosis, which is the cancer diagnoses. Uh, we have found throughout the last decade that 100% of patients with that diagnosis also have a severely high toxic burden of things that are correlated to cancer diagnoses in the literature. Mm -hmm. That's not to say by any means that we treat, diagnose any of that cancer nonsense, but when we look at underlying environments of cancer, we are finding that there's a high correlation to huge toxic burdens. Interesting. And uh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, oh, you go. 
So the the when you when you do the when you write up write up protocols, you're using um, chelation diet as well as um, what are, what are the things that you use in your protocols for for removing those heavy metals? So for me, it's always get to the root cause. So I've been studying for the last decade of okay, if somebody's got high barium in their system, what nutritional deficiencies does that cause? What metabolic pathways does that interfere with? How does that affect the nervous system. So as a chiropractor, one of the things that we do in office is we take x-rays. X-rays can be extremely important um, because if you take x-rays and you actually take the time to digitally analyze them, you can see where the central nervous system is being compromised. Mm. This is the reasoning for x-rays. So just because I'm not going to assume that there's a big basis of just generalized understanding here. If we back the bus up just a little bit to anatomy, you have three parts to your central nervous system. And these three parts, every single person should know. We should actually be teaching this to children because it's that important to having a healthy outcome in life. So here's the three parts. The first part is brain. Brain's incredibly important. The second part is brain stem, which goes inside the first bone of the spine. Third part is the spinal cord that goes from the second bone of the spine to the first or the second bone of the lumbar spine. So it doesn't go inside the entire spine, but it goes inside of the cervical or the neck part and the thoracic or the mid back part. What this means for the general person is if you get damage in your neck or your mid back, it will compromise the function of your central nervous system. This is important because those three things, brain, brain stem, and spinal cord, those tissues are responsible for 100% of all other tissue function in your body. Eye, heart, gut, reproductive, fertility, skin, muscle, joint, bone. If we were actually doing medicine from a perspective of anatomy, physiology, and science, oh, yeah. the first thing that would be ruled out in any health problem was, is there interference to normal central nervous system function? Because this is, this is the core, even in genetic conditions. Mm. When a person comes to my office and they go, oh, Dr. Cotlin, there's no hope for me because I have a genetic condition. Okay. <laughs> we, we have to talk about how genes are like light switches. They can be turned on or off. And when you look at it from a very simplistic perspective, what turns a gene on or off is going to be the intra and extracellular environment, which is strongly influenced by the neurology in that area. Again, we are looking at, are there damaged nerves to that area? Most likely there are. Mm -hmm. And if you change the damaged nerves and allow the body to re-regulate normally, most of the disease dysfunction goes away just i mean it 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 poof into the history of that person yep. um, and it's kind of weird in the united states that we've got a whole bunch of disease processes that we say are there's nothing that can be done i mean who's that who's, who benefits from us <laughs> disease cannot be fixed it can only be managed and by the way it can only be managed with this synthetic chemical that you have to purchase from us. Right. Why are we not questioning that rhetoric? Well, well, we are questioning the sick care industry because they only thrive if they keep us sick. I mean, I, I think of us, I mean, if they could just hang us in a big building from the rafters and just slowly bleed our money out 
until it's gone and then they let you die because you know you're useless at that point i'm sorry that's very <laughs> critical but you know um, children's health defense is is uh, starting up a, a really big campaign and more information is is going to become uh, forthcoming uh next month called reform pharma and you know looking at all of these things that prevent <clears throat> real avenues of healing from proliferating for the news getting out and in fact it's so funny to go look at wikipedia or the fact checkers to see what they say about naturopathy chiropractic care you know herbs uh nutraceuticals you know it's just they just lambast it i mean it, it doesn't make well it makes financial sense for the sick care industry yeah. to tear it apart but beauty of COVID is if people have really woken up and, and they're seeing it, they're seeing that their health is being undermined by the old ways. What I have, um, since I've been new and awakening to the power of chiropractic care, my mind though has a hard time. I'm always thinking of what I put in my mouth and heal my gut and all of that, that is the essence of health. And it, and it is, but without the, removing central nervous system dysfunction. I wrote that down because I want to memorize that little quote. Um, you know, it's not just the food. No, and it not. almost seems as if the most important thing is the central nervous system dysfunction because you can tolerate a lot of bad stuff if your central nervous system is working optimally for your detox system and everything else. I'm not saying it'll let you go to McDonald's or anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is going to be a bad choice whether your yeah. system is functioning or not. <laughs> have you ever wondered, have you ever been curious about, because we all know a story like this of, of uh, usually they're gentlemen, 45, 55, 65, really fit, really committed to diet. They're the people who post the green smoothies and you know you're actually, they're drinking the green smoothie every day. But then you hear that they've had a heart attack and they were fit and they had the abs and they were running, but they had a heart attack. Have you ever wondered why? Pre-COVID, you mean? I mean, after COVID, all I can think of is the spike. This jab, has been right? happening for a long time. This, yeah. is, this is, was a pre-COVID issue too, is where you'd have incredibly fit people who would come down with cancer, who would come down with a heart attack. Uh, and you talk about kind of the, the mud smearing that happens from some of these industries, those people were always shown as the example, oh, well, it doesn't matter what you eat, it doesn't matter if you exercise, because look at this case of the super fit guy who still had a heart attack, you gotta get in and have these, these tests done and you gotta take mm -hmm. your meds, because that was always kind of the, the shame facing that went on with that. Right. But if you understand anatomy and understand a little bit of neurology and a little bit of chiropractic care, it becomes extremely clear why you could eat a perfect diet, why you could have your inflammation from a chemical perspective under control, and why you could be very fit and still have a disease or an emergency process go on. Because there, if we could back the bus up just a day or two, and take that gentleman who's about to have the heart attack and we took x-rays on him 100% of the time. It's not 50, it's not 60, it's not 99% of the time. 100% of the time, there will be 
an abnormal spinal damage in the area between brain and whatever tissue just went through emergency. So if it's the hmm. heart, we're going to see either abnormal damage at the brainstem, abnormal damage at C4, 5, 6, or 7, because those branches go to the top two parts of the heart, or in T1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Those are where the spinal nerves connect between the brain and the heart. No. We will see damage in those areas every single time. And you can walk that path with anything. I'm, I'm giving you the example of the heart, but you can walk that path with the pancreas or with the small intestine. And some of these things, if you actually look at the, the scientific stats, are so powerful. So let's talk about the gut because, Bernadette, you mentioned the gut. And right now, I guarantee there are people listening who are struggling with chronic gut issues. Yeah. So let's break it down from a purely scientific standpoint. Small intestine, that's a large part of your gut. For the normal human, the small intestine is going to be between 20 to 23 feet in length. If you're Shaquille O'Neal, it's going to be longer. If you're really, <laughs> really short, it's going to be shorter. But on average, we're looking around 20 feet for the small intestine. Small intestine has the primary responsibility of nutritional absorption. So if you start to have problems in the small intestine, even if you are eating great food, it's not going to be getting into your blood system. It's not going to be getting in intracellularly. The regeneration cycle, and we don't have doctors who have enough stones to talk about this often enough. Right. Regeneration cycle for the epithelial lining of the entire small intestine, cell for cell, will regenerate in four to five days. Wow, that is that is such hope. I mean, right there. I hope listeners. Let's repeat that. Like for in four to five days, if you address it, you can heal. What did you say? The regeneration. Regeneration. It's wow. you get a brand new small intestine every four to five days. Wow. Now hold with me because critical thinking is really important for everybody these days. If we went to the Google right now and we put in Americans with small intestine disease, how big a number do you think we would find? Oh, it's going to be huge. Everybody seems to have gut issues and they're on one drug or another to treat the symptom, which leads to another symptom. So they've got two or three other drugs. It's in the start. millions. Somewhere yeah. between 15 and 16 million Americans right now are dealing with chronic disease in the small intestine. So the question that, and we tackle these questions immediately with patients come Monday morning, because we've been so brainwashed about how our bodies work. So how is it possible? I mean, even Google, you search on Google, you'll find that the small intestine regenerates in four to five days. That hasn't been censored out yet. It's pretty common, <laughs> common understanding within the scientific community. Yeah. But how do you have chronic disease in millions of people in an organ that you're supposed to get new every five days? How does that happen? Repeat injury. Well, you have to have something that's causing a stop or a slow to those regeneration cycles. The regeneration cycles are 100% neuroregulated. And so people, if you're dealing with an issue in the small intestine, that's, that's not a food issue. That's not, it could be, there could be corresponding nutritional deficiencies and toxicities. But I guarantee what you're going to find is spinal damage interfering with the nerves keeping that regeneration from occurring because that is an organ that, I mean, the regeneration cycle should make people get up and, and shout how right. fast 
they can, it can repair. Wow. Wow. Now, um, is it true that every organ of the body can repair except like when you get heart damage, Dr. Peter McAuliffe talks about the fact that once you have like myocarditis, there's scar tissue, um, which is permanent. What about the heart and chiropractic care? You know, I, I'm okay conflicting with, you can both be my heroes because this is how science moves forward is when everybody, you know, talks about things and you learn and you grow and you compare things. So go. <laughs> Throughout the decades, there have been many times where different medical professionals have stood up and said, this tissue does not repair. <laughs> and this tissue is, when it's damaged, is permanently damaged. This is a tricky thing to draw an absolute on. The heart, I have heard, I, I, I mean, long before COVID, there was people who were saying, well, once you get scar tissue in the heart, it doesn't repair. My opinion would be that that's probably not correct. Now, I do think that it is correct that you could get enough damage on your spinal system, enough toxins in your body, and enough nutritional deficiencies that your body does not regenerate anymore, that tissues are constantly in a breakdown. We call that a chronic inflammatory disease. But that doesn't mean that that's that person's destiny. If you were to go in and start to repair the spinal system, if you were to go in and provide support for removing the toxicities, if you were to go in and provide nutritional support for the deficiencies, that person will start to repair again. Um, we are seeing things like arterial stenosis of the abdominal aorta, six, seven, eight inches of arterial stenosis completely repair in patients in their 70s and their 80s. I wouldn't blink at damage on the heart. Now, does that mean there might be work that needs to be done? Absolutely. And assessments that need to be done. Absolutely. You're not going to get great regeneration of the heart if you've got a tox profile that's got 15 different chemicals on it. Uh, so it, it's more complicated than yes or no. But what we do know on the yes or no is that a body that's uninterfered with, body that's allowed to have normal function from a neurological, nutritional, and no chemicals perspective will regenerate, and it will probably regenerate in all tissues. So you mentioned something that, um, this is something that uh, like around 2008, 2007, there was a big conversation and even made it into nature and science, mm -hmm. was that the body and all the body systems had an electrical connectivity. Yes. And there was a very compelling evidence showing that, like you said, stenosis, plaque buildup, all of these had a strong electrical component. And if you flowed the right or allowed the flow of proper electrical conductivity, it repaired itself. Yes. Well, and what is the system that allows electrical conductivity to flow in the body? It's your nervous system and it's extensive and no one is talking about it except chiropractors because there are no drugs that improve the function of the nervous system. There are no surgeries that improve the function of the nervous system. So patients show up at our door after hitting all these roadblocks with their chronic health issues, feeling hopeless and feeling broken down. And we're the first ones who talk to them about the fact that their body has an electrical conductivity. You're not Wi-Fi. Okay? Your brain doesn't just magically send signals to the rest of your body. It's hardwired. 
you can find that damage if you look and you'll find it every single time. Amazing. And just uh, the um, the use, I, since I, we work with a lot of uh, combat injuries as well as um, uh, sport injuries, one thing that um, has shown some incredible ability or healing ability is a combination of chiropractic and hyperbaric to mm-hmm. allow for the proper repair of the nervous system. Like you said, yeah. toxins are a huge problem. If you don't deal with them, you're not going to get anywhere. Big fan of modality stacking. Yeah. In fact, what we do at, at Avera Health Institute is very concentrated care. Yeah. But we're also specializing in a niche of patients who have not been able to find results elsewhere or have been told they have zero prognosis cases. Right. Uh, I think the whole idea of a zero prognosis case is, is probably along the same track of tissue that doesn't repair. It, it's it's yeah. kind of based on the perspective of the provider. Uh, mm. I, I mean, I most of the people that we see have been told by at least one or two doctors of different specialities that there isn't anything that can be done. And that is not what we see when we start to go about from a very concentrated perspective, but it is it is effort. When patients are on site, they are getting somewhere between 10 and 15 low-level force chiropractic adjustments a day. That is more care than most people have ever gotten. And they go ahead and they go get their one or their two or their six adjustments that are on their insurance policy, and they wonder why their body hasn't responded. Sometimes in these chronic cases, we're looking at hundreds of adjustments being the difference between somebody being on death's door versus a normal tissue response. We actually just had somebody come off of the national um, transplant list with a kidney. Oh, we see weird stuff all the time. And our office is not alone. Chiropractors all over the nation see this kind of stuff. And I don't understand why it's, I mean, I do, but from the ethical side of it, doesn't understand why it's never, never become, you know, given this information out to the mass public, but we just had a patient come off the national transplant list. He had two kidneys originally, had a very bad uh, aversion to a medication, which allowed him, which caused him to lose one kidney. They had to surgically remove it as a medical adverse reaction, not a vaccine one, it was a drug. Um, And the other kidney was left at 12% function. It took about 300 adjustments over five weeks of concentrated chiropractic care, but his kidney is back to near normal function. Oh my God. That list. Wow. Wow. It's it's more than just adjusting. We're addressing the toxicology that was allowed to get into his system. We're addressing the nutritional piece. It all goes together. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's, it's just let the body run without interference. You, you make me think that like we are born with the most brilliant machinery, our immune system, everything about us down to the cells and everything is brilliant. Yeah. But we go to these, it's like we got a Rolls Royce and you go to the car dealer and they, they, you know, they just want to paint stuff on you and pump you full of thing. And they, you know what I mean? It's just like, you're perfect as you are. Yep. You just got to respect what you are. Of course, that's not the sick care profitable model. I wanted to pull up some of the studies. You sent me a, this great bulleted a list because I just love this because let's go through this and it shows some of the things that are possible. 
so you have um, right now. You um, is it you and your your teammates, your your office? Who is it that? Yeah, has Vera office? Health Institute. We we have always felt like keeping. I mean, we're clinicians. Our job is is clinical practice, but we've always felt that if we could participate in research to whatever extent we could do, that would be helpful. So at oh, this yeah. point in time, we've got 10 case studies that have been accepted for international publication. Now, these are cases where they're getting accepted because we're seeing things on imaging that there is very little or no medical precedence for. And we're hoping that if we continue to throw these cases out, that at some point in time, this might become a, a more accepted modality of care because we live in a country that needs this type of concentrated care. It needs it. And you can't get away with just doing concentrated care without the chiropractic piece because nothing changes in the central nervous system. You mm -hmm. need to have that specific focused chiropractic adjustment to repair the spinal structure. That's and there's a lot of research on that. But we're looking at these cases from people who were not supposed to get better, who did and had an amazing change on, on their images. So like the depression case that is on our website, the one I showed you here mm -hmm. at the very beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. If you want to pull up those images, that would okay. be a great thing to show. Okay, we'll do that. Um, you, go, you keep talking as I pull it up. <laughs> This gal came from another state. She did not want help with her depression. She had major depressive disorder for over 30 years. So she's in her mid 60s. So the majority of her adult life, she has had major depressive disorder, constantly living under that pressure. Um, she came with about three inches of hospital paperwork. The hospital paperwork was around all the adverse effects from the different mental health medications that they had put into play. And she had tried to commit suicide mm -hmm. six or seven times oh. over those three decades. Mm -hmm. So if you scroll all the way down to page 11, and these are all free access case studies. So if a person was interested, they could find out absolutely everything that was put into play to get these people their results. This is a picture of this gal's neck from the side. The neck is extremely important. Remember, that's where brain stem and some mm -hmm. of these extremely important parts of the central nervous system is. If you look at the difference between C4 and C5 and C5 and C6 in the lower mm -hmm. neck, you will see that the posterior parts of the vertebrae have fused and they have fused abnormally. Now, before this was fused, what this would have been called was cervical ligament instability. Now, according to American Medical Association guidelines since the 1960s, one area of cervical ligament instability causes a 25 to 28% um, impairment rating for the entire nervous system. That's how important the nerves in the neck are to overall body function. It really is the first thing we should be looking at in every health problem. Every health problem, irregardless of age, irregardless of, of, of the demographic of the person, if they've got a chronic health issue, we should be looking to see if the neck has been compromised. And so we find this compromise in her neck. 
Um, like I said, the patient did not want help with depression, so we didn't really talk about it. She wanted help with her food addictions, but we went to work doing what we knew needed to happen. The result on the right side is what happened to those discs and joints yeah. after working with her for five days. Incredible. I mean, they're not fused anymore. Correct. That's a two level natural fusion that reversed in five days and the disc repaired and regenerated in the posterior. <laughs> That's not supposed to happen. It isn't supposed to happen, but we're living in a world where everything is, is drug managed. So our expectations have yeah. become very meek. There you go. Wow. That's incredible. Wow. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm also going to try to get after three years of being on the radio, try to remember to repeat my guest name. I don't do that enough. We are with Dr. Sarah Kotlerman, who I just so admire. And she is giving us the most amazing education here on the I'm power too much. But yeah, the power of removing central nervous system dysfunction and just letting the body heal as it was designed to heal. This is so exciting. What do you want me to show next? <laughs> so this is a great case of yeah. how if you can go in and very gently and very specifically stimulate the central nervous system and remember central nervous system is bigger than brain we've gotten a little markety with the whole it's all about the brain most of the time when people get in concussions they get in, in traumatic brain injuries where the most damage is, is actually on the brain stem. It's right. inside C1. And that's not even being assessed. No one's even looking because they go, oh, well, you got a concussion, you got a traumatic brain injury. And then we just waggle our heads back and forth and go, oh, well, the brain doesn't repair well because when people don't get better, and the second they step into my office, I go, we need to look at your neck because yeah. how the brain is going to repair and regenerate has to do with signals that are coming from the cervical spine and from the, from the mid spine. Uh, same with dementia and Alzheimer's. Those things are reversible. They absolutely are reversible. But you have got to tackle the miscommunications in the central nervous system. You've got to tackle the horrendous yeah. spinal alignment. There is a spinal alignment that comes with dementia. And I would say 99% of the dementia patients that I see have the exact same spinal alignment. Someday I'm going to just, I'm just going to put a whole wall up of all the patients who had dementia and what the spine looked like when we got started and what yeah. it looked like when we got finished. Mm -hmm. And there is a correlation between where the spine is damaged and what symptomology and what presentation of dysfunction the person has. And when the spine starts to improve, what presentation of health the person has. Um, but again, you want to take on these kind of, uh, of issues. You have to take on not only the neurological piece, but oftentimes the toxicology piece, oftentimes the nutritional piece, mm -hmm. uh, because that's, that's the whole trifecta of what allows a person to respond, regenerate, get back to normal regulation. So when are you publishing that case series for your dementia patients? That is going to cause an earthquake. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I got more plates spinning than I've got fingers and toes. Uh, we're, we're big projects for this next year. Are we're, we're working on creating 
um, with Standard Process, which is one of the companies that we've partnered with. They do whole food nutrition. Um, any anytime you can keep nutrition simple, it makes sense. Uh, but we're working with them towards putting out all of the data that we've we've gathered over the last ten years on toxicology. Uh, we have to start training more doctors to help people with the toxicology issue. Mm -hmm. This plays really big into adverse reactions with vaccines as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, these kids and adults who are having adverse reactions they went into that medical procedure with a high toxic load. Mm -hmm. So their nervous system had nowhere else to go um, but into chaos. Um, and you start to see a breakdown of neural cascades. And when those patients end up through walking through my office, we start to look at, okay, we got to pull out that toxic burden that might have even been added to with the vaccine or added to by the gallidium in the contrast to CTs and MRIs. There are a lot of things that are not being shared with patients that probably need to be shared with patients, but the initial toxic burden needs to be removed and then the nervous system needs to be repaired. And a lot of that is going to be going in and repairing the abnormal parts of the spine. Yeah, you know, Javier, I'm just amazed. And, you know, for Javier to be nodding and amazed is amazing itself because a PhD in neurobiology, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, I mean, just dealing with some of the clinical research that, you know, I've, I've been involved with and to hear this where you have a, you know, a chiropractic approach that basically delivers the goods is, you know, frankly amazing. It's wonderful. It really is. It gives us such hope. And then, and, and yet I, I think I'm probably feeling a bit of your frustration of the lack of, um, of qualified practitioners, because I just, everybody should be able to make an appointment tomorrow and get started. You know, it's like, uh, to have access to this. Uh, what about, you said the vaccine injury, do you have any cases that you can describe of, of children who really regressed or have severe issues that were um, that were reversed with chiropractic care. And, and I imagine that some of the, the children that are like on the spectrum are the most difficult to deal with because a lot of times they have touch issues. They don't want to be touched and they have sensitivities and, and things. You need to understand how inflammation works in the body. Mm -hmm. uh, there, when children have sensitivity issues and it's a very real thing, uh, if you come into my office, there's no the mirrors outside of a couple of bathrooms because of how certain patients with certain neurological challenges will deal with seeing themselves in the mirror. Mm. Uh, here's the thing that's very interesting about kids. If your technique, if your chiropractic technique is gentle and specific, and we use a sustained contact technique. There is no thrust in the type of technique we use. We also use objective testing before every adjustment to know where in the nervous system needs to be adjusted. So the type of chiropractic care we're using is extremely technical. And one of our goals moving forward, Dr. Martin, who is, is part of the Averio Health Institute team, he actually has a substack. Javier, you should go check out his substack since you're already on substack. Um, Dr. Martin's mm -hmm. health homework. You would love it. Um, and he uh, he's publishing Substacks, I think, just about every day and nice. putting out a tremendous amount of research and good stuff on all aspects of health. Uh, but Dr. Martin's actually going to start a mentorship process for DCs 
that have to do with training DCs how to use our very technical um, adjusting sustained contact directional force adjusting method. Uh, that is part of the battle is getting doctors of chiropractic more technical and offering more care. Mm -hmm. There are a whole lot of patients out there who cannot tolerate a high velocity a velocity adjustment anymore because of some of the damages in their system. These kids are part of that demographic. They can't tolerate a high velocity adjustment. But I tell you what, within one to six adjustments, the most challenging patient, the self-harming, head-banging, cutter patient will calm down and will start to come towards the chiropractic table to get more adjustments. Kids get it, they get it on an innate level. And I've never had a patient that didn't start to calm down within the first shift of concentrated care. And I've never had a somebody with, no matter how challenging the diagnosis, improve substantially. Um, so- Amazing. I just got the chills there because there's so many children who need this. I, wow. And yeah, they come through the door scared. We have mm -hmm. to take the white jackets off. Sometimes we have to change our outfit. They come through the door scared mm -hmm. because their experience with adults is that they're going to hurt them. We mm -hmm. use somewhere between two and eight ounces of pressure with a single finger. It it's, doesn't cause them any pain. Even if they have a sensitivity issue in the first adjustment, you know, you need to put a little bit of an anti-inflammatory topical over their skin or a little bit of, of a cool rag so that the, the sensitivity of the inflammation on those nerve endings doesn't make them jump all over the place. Mm. Within a few adjustments, they've got it before their parents have got it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen little autistic kids who are non-vocal. They'll run over and grab my leg and they go, she doesn't touch anybody. I go, it, it isn't me. It isn't me. She mm. recognizes on an innate level that if she continues to get up on this table, everything's going to work better in her system. And as soon as we start that journey, then we have to start the toxicity issue and all that. So, yeah, we've, yeah. we've done lots with challenged kids. This we're, we're down just to like our last two minutes now. Uh, that time just flew. I'm, I'm just so happy to have you here. You've got the last few minutes. I want you to I've got your website up there, Averio health institute is there a place they can like um do you have like an angel program that people can maybe donate to help people get treatment who can't afford it and are you still taking donations for the chiropractic um university that you are building correct um so if somebody wants to get involved it would be awesome if you spent sent some money to the washington chiropractic college that is going to be a game changer for creating more doctors who can provide more chiropractic care in Washington state and eventually in the nation. As far as Avera Health Institute is concerned, um, we don't have a place where people can donate, but we do have a scholarship opportunity. So if you're looking at uh, wanting to get care to fix your health, uh, it's under the Avera Weeklong Program tab. You can go read about our scholarship program that's already been set up by uh, third-party foundational support oh. because this care it saves and changes lives. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not, it's, I think the most important thing to understand is it's not special to just us, our Avario team. Mm -hmm. It isn't that some magic fairy tapped us on the shoulders and is allowing us to have these results. These results are possible for everyone, for everybody, because your body was designed to regenerate. That is its normal. 
it's getting access to enough care and the right type of objective testing in order to allow it to respond, period. I've thought of one last question real quick. Um, for somebody who doesn't live in Washington, can have access to you. Is there a place, a website uh, where people can go and find chiropractors that they, they can trust? I mean, it's hard to find that practitioner. Oh man, there's lots. There's chirodirectory.org. There's the ICPA for kids. It has great chiropractors on their database. Okay. Um, there's, that's a takes more than one minute to answer questions. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Well, that's a well, whole nother talk. How do you find a great chiropractor? We will bring you back and answer that question and give you plenty of time to bring it. So Dr. Sarah Kotlerman, thank you so much for your time and all your great work. We're just so blessed to know you. Javier, another great week with you. So everybody stay tuned. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got Nick Caterano. I hope I said that right. Um, and more inspiring talk. We'll be right Thank back. You. If you're looking for a publication that delivers honest takes and critical insights into the issues of our day, then look no further than The Flame Paper. The Flame Paper is written for the people, by the people, who aren't afraid to challenge a mainstream narrative, be it health care, voter fraud, political correctness, or even the one world government. The Flame is full of timely articles, reports, and expert advice written by freedom-loving, truth-telling experts, journalists, and concerned citizens. To subscribe, go to theflameusa.com. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at HealthyImmunityNow.org. That's HealthyImmunityNow.org. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the hosts of this program and not KKNW. This is 1150 AM KKNW Seattle and KPNW 98.9 FM HD3 Seattle. We need a
Hello, hello. Welcome back to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW and CHD TV. So glad you are here. Javier Figueroa is with us too for this second hour. Wasn't that first hour absolutely amazing? Yes, it was. I I, I just can't hear that enough. And I, I'm going to, I took notes. I don't think I usually take quite so many notes during a, a show, but it makes me want to sit up straighter and, and go find a good chiropractor. And there you it just, go. doesn't it just give you a hope for the future that, oh, yeah. you know, that all this nonsense going on that, that we can achieve health. And um, it's, it's really very exciting. And I, I admire her courage conviction, um, activism, everything that she is doing. Um, and we need more. We need more of that. Let's let's multiply that. <laughs> 100% agree. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, this next hour, we have got another kind of cool and inspiration with us. We have got a man named Nick Catarano, if I'm saying his name right. Hey, Nick, did I say that correctly? Bernadette, that's, that's great. You did it a lot better than... Than most people, you, you got it. <laughs> okay, so the three fingers, Caturano, Caturano. Caturano, okay. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to go ahead and read. You sent me a little bit about you. So you are an 18-year cast member. Does that mean you're still with Disney? Yes, people are very surprised I'm still there. I've organized two lawsuits against them, and, uh, and God knows and I'm still there. You're still there. So 18-year cast member with the Walt Disney Company and former union leader. He took on Disney over the mandates when they were one of the first in the country to do so. His open letter to the company at his website, you are so funny, goofyvaccine.com, got a lot of attention and pushback. I'm surprised they didn't sue you for using the word goofy, but but and has goofy and i and i think everybody's got to agree the vaccine they try to force on on us is really a goofy vaccine it I is it has nothing to do with the character i know but <laughs> exactly it is goofy and i i keep interrupting myself but he has held the website and all the information has held factually true. You helped organize two lawsuits against Disney over mandates and discrimination. Your activism has expanded in front and behind the scenes for all things medical freedom, as well as anti-corruption and against cultural insanity as you do your part to fight for faith, family, community, and country. I love that. I love that. Welcome to the show, Nick. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Dr. Figueroa, nice to meet you. Uh, pleasure to be here. So, you know, you're you're an average everyday hero. I love having you on the show and talking to you because you modeled kind of what we want America to be all about. Your average everyday person in their life, looking around and digging deep and finding the moral courage to do what they know to be right in the face of intimidation, bullying, all sorts of things, you know, coming from all sorts of angles. Yeah. And, and there's nothing, and that's, that's, that's my voice. You know, there's nothing really special about me in the scheme of things, right? I don't have any special education. Um, I wasn't military trained. I, you know, I, I, I just was the average person. I'm a Christian, so I have a strong faith. And when I saw things that weren't right and they were, you know, we were kind of all going along. We weren't happy with a lot. You know, people aren't happy with a lot of things. We we know things aren't right, but something changed during the unleashing of the pandemic. 
And then when they really, you know, there, there were so many things happening that just didn't add up, right? But once they started forcing these shots on us that really were created, you know, for me, my experience was it was created out of an EUA that they fabricated because my wife and I had taken ivermectin and gotten better like two days. And a couple hours later, we were feeling great. My mom is 73 with a lot of comorbidities, according to to the consensus, was she was really in trouble. She ended up in the hospital, couldn't breathe with a positive COVID test. And thank God they let her go. But they told her there was nothing they could do for her. So I'm blessed that she got to go home just like I did. Um, But two days later, after ivermectin, prednisone and erythromycin, my mom was cooking dinner. So. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. and, and, And and. my my wife and I during the lockdown, we were doing all our research and, and, you know, we didn't feel right about COVID and we learned about quercetin and zinc and black seed oil and and turmeric. And, you know, we, you know, vitamin D three, and we were literally sending care packages all over the country to friends and families that were getting COVID. Not one of our people went to the hospital and nobody died Mm. through just through, you know, nutraceuticals. So it didn't make any sense because why wasn't anybody talking about these things? And every time somebody mentioned ivermectin or early on hydroxychloroquine, it got so demonized. So I knew that was not right. Yeah. I had frontline responders, friends of mine that were like, hey, you know, we're, we're taking people to the hospital um, that are that are vaccine injured and they're they're labeling them as something else so you know before everything was covid so they were bumping up the numbers and then after the vaccine nobody was vaccinated or nothing was related to the vaccine so all these things were were just a really all the dots connect it's like something's really wrong here and 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 when i put it together um and looking at the remdesivir and the hospital protocols that were incentivized i mean the whole package was so ugly and i and i came to the to the conclusion that they were killing people, knowingly killing people, mm-hmm. whether the people that were on, you know, a lot of the doctors and nurses, I'm sure they're just following orders. They don't know better. They were fear stricken and overwhelmed, all that. But literally the whole process, the people in charge created an environment so that they could push this shot on people out of fear. And and I had no choice. I'm looking at like, I felt like genocide. Um, you know, yeah. it, it was a modern day genocide. And I just had to do something. And I think for the average person, you know, you, you you have to count the cost. And there's a lot of fear before you step out because you think I could risk everything. I could lose everything. But I'm thinking if this is what they're willing to do now, if I remain quiet and all of us remain quiet, what are they not going to do if we allow them to get away with this? And I realized it was a, it, it was an easy decision. And then once you step out in faith and you begin to take on and speak truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very empowering. Yes. It's very empowering. People, people, I, I feel they hurt their own lives by shrinking back in fear and remaining quiet when they've been brought to a precipice where they should be speaking up. Um, so I just thank God for the grace to speak up, and and it's it's been a blessing. It, it hasn't been easy, like all of us, right? That that are involved and in, in taking a different path, um, but it, but it's a true blessing, and and all the amazing people you meet along the way that are on the same path with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, we we really have to take Martin Niemöller's um, um, uh, quote. Uh, this was the uh, Lutheran priest that that said, first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist." 
then they came for the Jews and I didn't speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me and there was no one left to speak for me. Yeah. Yeah. So true. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I see so many people as all of us that speak out. When I spoke out at Disney, there's so many people that remained in the shadows, but they were just all calling and desperate. And people were, you know, and it was a weird experience in the beginning because people would call me in the like 11, 12 o'clock at night and I'd have husbands and wives and they were getting mad at me or trying to project that anger towards me to do something and i'm like well here's some things that we're doing join us right. nobody wants out you know we we had some brave people that finally started stepping up um but a lot of people just wanted other everybody else to do the work and that's the problem is there there's so many of us that feel this way and if we all would just find the courage to stand together we would yeah. end it this a long time ago oh yeah oh our, exactly our, yeah, our big problem is is the fear that people have and the self-preservation. And then I go back, I you know, I hate to bring that up, Nazi Germany or or you look at communist Russia and stuff. You imagine all those people that will remain quiet thinking that somehow this would just get better some way, somehow, mm -hmm. and refuse to do anything. And the and the regret and the eternal regret of not saying and doing something when they had the opportunity. I didn't want to live with that. Yeah. I didn't want with that and i'm grateful and i'm grateful for everybody else that has uh that i found on this path of, of uh fighting for truth and justice and mm -hmm. and just reality and common sense it really comes down to a lot of common sense yeah you you represent you know the best of what america stands for and you know the the land of the free and the home of the brave and being brave is not always easy and i i've just been kind of a little bit well, embarrassed, I guess, for our nation, when places like Canada can rally a million trucks and people, millions of people along the highway waving and, you know, and gathering and in Europe, these massive protests against the shots, against the masks, against all the nonsense going on. We can't get like more than a couple hundred people together on this issue to, to really rally. Once in a while, a couple of thousand. Yeah, we had a couple of thousand in Washington State. And I think at DC there have been a couple, but but not the volume. What happened to America's courage, to that sense of I have to stand for truth and justice? You know, we've never had to do it so much like against our own government, I guess, our own agencies, our own employers. Maybe we have always thought, except for during civil wars, that the, the enemy was out there in other countries to attack us. We never experienced this from within. And maybe in that is part of the answer. In Europe, you know, they had been invaded before. They knew what that was like in America. We were so complacent. Just hide in your little corner. Keep your head down. Bernadette, I think I think really Canada is so much worse than us, right? Um, I'm a well, the way the government is, yeah. But the yeah, people it, are just stepping it up. Because they're getting it hammered even worse than we are here. Um, and mm. I, I think they're they're further along. And we're complicit or complacent here because we, we, we kind of have halfway freedoms, I guess. It's not as bad yet. As, mm -hmm. as a lot of other places like Australia was. Oh. Um, and, and I think they, they had no choice but to hit the streets. I think that's that's part of it. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, I think we're just the most propagandized people. I mean, they, they, so they, found, 
they found the way into the deep, deep into our psyches. I mean, even yeah. today with all the data and all the stuff we've seen, people are still holding on to these false understandings and false narratives. Mm -hmm. And they're like, the ship, is, the ship is sinking, the rats are jumping into the water and they're still hanging on and they're not letting go. And I think, I think it has been a masterful work of really getting into people's psyches and, and, and holding them in that bad place. And I think through fear and, and self-preservation and everything else, I yeah. think America has been unique like that. I think we've been exporting our propaganda but I think internally, we've really, they've really been working on us for a while. Yeah, the systems were in place, you know, and when you look back now with that wonderful hindsight, you can see the framework being laid everywhere for this and the test grounds. Um, in 2019, on Informed Choice Washington, uh, we wrote about this. We Somebody reached out to us. Their company in Washington was offering $1,000 for employees to get the flu vaccine. <laughs> and we're like, this, this is a test to see if you can be bribed right. to take a product you absolutely do not want. Um, you know, and that was right before COVID hit there. You could see so much of this going on. Um, there was something that Del Bigtree said on the high wire this week. It was something filmed before, but I love the term because it's exactly what they did. It was the weaponization of compassion. Now, I've said a couple of times, you know, over the years that they co-opted the best side of humanity because we we are good people. We want to do right for our neighbors. We want to take responsible action to protect others. Well, they co-opted that. They lied to us, made you think if you didn't wear this mask or get this injection, you're going to kill somebody's grandma who you don't even know. It's that weaponization of compassion. Um, and, and then they made you afraid because everybody's going to accuse you of not having compassion, of being selfish, that saying your freedom is less important than somebody's not being exposed to your breath. You know, I mean, it, it really was. <laughs> and you had, will you had all the celebrities telling everybody how yeah. evil we were and the unvaccinated, the, the, you know, the, the. The pandemic of the unvaccinated and mm -hmm. and and all these stars and you know it, it, they 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 were so much celebrity worship and idolization and personality watchers and they they just unleashed all of them and the influencers we know the money went there and mm -hmm. they told people how to think and how to how to see it um so where you early on i was even wearing masks just because i didn't want to argue with people or i didn't mm -hmm. want to make them uncomfortable right because they were so scared mm -hmm. you know I, you know, so you're, you're, you're feeling, you, you, you're trying to be a good neighbor. You're trying to be caring in, in, in that respect, but it's just gotten to the point where it doesn't, it's far from making any sense. Exactly. Uh, but I, but I think you're right. They, they, they appeal, they, the, they use coercion, they use fear, they use incentives. And then they, they, and then they, they've used, you know, don't kill grandma, do it for the kids. Um, they've used everything in the toolbox. Um, and they're and they're reusing it with this new boat booster taste tested on eight or ten mice. Four. Four? Four mice. I don't know. I lose track. I mean, does it really matter? And we don't even have long-term mm -hmm. studies on the mice. Did they sacrifice all the mice? We don't even know the outcome mm -hmm. for these poor mice. You know, they the they've got their talking heads on all these morning shows saying that it's gonna it's gonna keep you from severe disease, it's gonna keep you from spreading it to grandma. They're still doing it. 
It's like they don't know how to stop. It's just insane. Now, Nick, I want to ask you, um, after your experience with COVID specific, what they did, how did that or did it change your outlook on other things, other aspects of medicine and health and oversight agencies and all of that? I, I tell you, I had a really interesting experience growing up. Uh, about 12 years old, I broke out in boils my whole body. Um, my mom took me to one doctor. He says, we're going to pull his appendix out. And she said, is that what it is? And, and he said, no, but we'll try it. The other doctor, <laughs> took me to another doctor and, and she says, my son's full of boils. And he looked at me and he goes, well, we're going to pull his tonsils out. My mom says, is that what it is? He says, well, we're not sure, but we'll pull it out and see. You know. <laughs> so we went to several doctors and I had an aunt who told my mom, there's a naturalist gentleman in the neighborhood. Um, take Nick over there and see how that goes. And and I'll never forget the experience. We were living in Miami at the time. And I went and it was an elderly couple in the 80s and very nice and gentle. And they put me up on the bed. They had literally had a bed right in the front room. And they put me on the bed and he felt my feet and he looked at my legs and he says, what does he eat? And my mom says, well, he eats a lot of Burger King and McDonald's and stuff like that. And Chef Borard eat out of the can and felt my feet and he goes, he's just not handling the toxins. So she said, get him a juicer, nothing but fruit juice, vegetable juice, goat's milk, and I think soy milk for three months. That's it. And you're going to cure him and that's fine. Well, my cube, you know, I had cube growing up in a Cuban household. My, my whole Cuban family thought my mom was crazy and going to kill me. So they were sneaking me steak sandwiches every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but, but my mom, for the most part, stuck it out. And I was fine. It all went away. And I learned a lesson early on. That experience taught me that, you know, surgery and medicine is not always the answer. Right. And there was a natural way to go about this. So I always had that. I was I was always had a, a healthy fear of, of, of organized medicine because they're just treating the symptoms. They weren't getting to the root cause of it. And a lot of times they're just poking in the dark. Yeah. Um, so. You know, I, I was quietly always and trying to help. I had a lot of friends that had gotten cancer and and mm -hmm. and I had a lot of experience there and trying to help them out. And, mm -hmm. and, and the deeper I got involved and saw different things, that's a whole other discussion. So, but the prefaces of coming into the pandemic, because this whole system, what I saw, and, and, and I'm sure you guys are aware, that was allowed to foster and get away with so much and, and keep asserting and establishing itself, they've just gone berserk and out in the <laughs> open and, and, and crazy. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, and, and where I was more careful to speak out in the open, I just got tired of, of being quiet and, and, uh, and just realizing if there was ever a chance where I could trust some medicine or I just have lost all trust in organized medicine, though there's some great doctors still and, and some that I'm friends with um, mm -hmm. that I turn to, but I, I just, I have a healthy distrust of the whole system you know, and, and all vaccines and all like, I, what are they putting in these things now? They want to put MRNA in your plants right. uh, mRNA in, in the plants and in the, in, in, in the, in the food supply. And it, and it's a failed system. And we know it failed with all the empirical data, with everything. And they still want to keep pushing it and forcing it into you in your food system. And you, and, and, and the common sense question is why, why after all this, that it's failed, it doesn't do anything that promised. There's so many adverse reactions. People are dropping dead and you guys want to put it into my, into my salad. Um, so it, it, it's, 
I think it's woken us all up. And I think the pandemic mm-hmm. is more than just the vaccine, right? Kids were staying home from school. Parents were watching their screens going, what sense does this make? Yeah. Um, we saw, you know, the lockdowns and we saw the, the, the absurdity of, you know, you can go out in the streets and riot, but you can't fight for your medical rights or your, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just all these things together. And it, and it just uh, it just kind of propelled me. And, and you know, I, you know, the, the whole going after children has really been a heartbreaker where you're watching these young people being confused at such an early age over over topics they're not ready to deal with. Mm. And then you're going to put these medicines, these these castration medicines in people and mm. young bodies and literally mutilate them for life. Um, it's just, you know, we've reached another level of, of, of absurdity. Um, so yeah. I think all these things that, that we're watching and is just uh you know it, it, we're, we're 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 playing for all the marbles now and 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 we either win or i i can't imagine if they had full control what this is going to look like oh that's a scary thought now what's interesting is that you're in an interesting intersection you're in a company that don't that you know had to deal with a vaccine and is now in, at the heart of this this culture war, this this cultural revolution that's taking place regarding uh, transgender rights, children's ch- you know the transgender movement and all of it. And there's been so much talk about uh, Disney being at sort of at the heart, at the nexus of a lot of these intersections. Um, and you know there's there's been so many uh, like different topics. There's a couple of uh, uh, YouTube shows that concentrate mostly on Disney and about what's been going on there. Since you had to face up and fight for the vaccine, uh, fighting against the vaccine mandates, um, you know, what's been your experience inside of your company, if you can talk about it, you know? I, I've been pretty transparent at this point. No, it's been working, so I'm not stopping now. <laughs> <laughs> so just, you know, if, it don't, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, you know, with the mandates, uh, and then there was the discrimination, um, state of Florida, they stopped the mandates, but they left the vaccine policy open. And a lot of us grassroots fought against that and raised a lot of ruckus about it. Um, but they went ahead and left it wide open. Uh, the discrimination was pretty severe um, and punitive. I've been fortunate. They've tr- I've had good relationships. I was a union leader. I negotiated with Disney directly. Um, I was at the top of my union. Um, and I was always conducting myself in such a way where I think I built some some goodwill and respect. Um, but, but they, they did a lot of discrimination. They did a lot of things that didn't make any sense. Um, and then as this Pandora's box has opened globally with this woke wokeness, um, and, and this overt sexualization of everything, um, Mm -hmm. I think in pride month on the, on the screen TVs in the back for everybody, they were B rolling every single flag for like, I don't know, like 50 different sexual preferences or something. A lot of it didn't make any sense. And each had its own flag. Disney. And Disney, right? So so the, so you're looking up and, and, and it just rolling. This flag is for this. And it was created by Instagram users. So, so, so there's some guy off somewhere that nobody knows who created this new sp- spectrum of sexuality and he created his own flag. And there are are putting it on there and the sad part is 
even th th we have young people coming from all over the world to work at Disney, these great young people, they're, they're, they're starting out in life and they're looking at this stuff and it's normalizing it. Mm -hmm. right? And they're normalizing things that, that should not be normalized and people shouldn't be dealing with a young age. And it's, and a lot of it is just disconnected from reality. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, and that's the, that's the real hard part they're, when they're disconnected from reality. And my, my early description was, it was like putting a lot of young people and children on a ship of crazy sending them way out to sea so that they can't see the shores of truth so that they have no up and down or no more star to find out how to figure out what's right and wrong anymore because they want everything to be right everything to be accepted everything and and that experiment we're, we're seeing the results of that experiment and and uh so yeah being at disney and watching them do that and then they, and disney's gone into a strange place right they had little demon um, where they, uh, yeah, she was a child of Satan cartoon, child of Satan, literally. Right. And then there's a new show that came out where she inherits a blood drinking cult from her father. This is Disney. I would, I would think I was crazy talking about this, but this is Disney shows. And then the, and then there was pushback that got rid of little demon and they squashed that through Hulu. But then Disney after Iger and, you know, there was a shift of we're changing course or we're, 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 in, we're we didn't like how that went. The new show is a young lady, 18, has a, a one-night stand with the devil and has his child. And this is on Disney+. Plus. And, and, and you, begin to, you begin to see all these cultural phenomena, not just to Disney, right? It's coming up everywhere, yeah. right, through ESG and everything. And, and, and you're like, what's the purpose of this? What, what kind of fruit? in people's lives is this when you're such a, a media and influential company, especially to children. And what Disney does is they signal, you know, recently uh, there's a, there's a Polk County Sheriff, Grady Judd, and he does these big sting operations for predators and he catches, and he always brings in a bunch of Disney folks, employees for it. And what we've noticed too, and from I, as I've spoken up, people reach out to me. If anything's going on anywhere in Disney, they're calling me and letting me know. So I'm, I become a central hub of information of all kind of oddities. Um, but they've opened themselves up and almost sending a green light to a lot of behaviors, and they're opening the doors. So you're bringing in all these super alternative people, and and they're finding a hub there. Right. And they're finding a refuge there. Um, and then, you you know, as a result of it. And, and, and when I would report on it, it wasn't being out in the open so much. But I think now we're seeing bearded men in dresses being the fairy godmother, talking to children. And you're having conversations with your five year old trying to explain, you know, and that's the whole the, the whole premise of, of what they're 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 just trying to destroy all the norms that have brought us such liberties and freedoms and and prosperity that has mm -hmm. to the rest of the world and they're just destroying it at its roots and disney's just like the tip of the spear but of course we know they're not the only one um you know do you get a sense of 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 what at the top level is driving compelling whatever them to to go in this direction. I mean, we know that there are outside forces at work here. I mean, this is really how you destroy societies. You destroy morality and, and normalcy. Um, but what would compel somebody 
to begin to normalize these things? Is it just money? Is are they themselves psychologically um, brainwashed, hypnotized? I mean, what I just can't imagine running a company, especially one that was so beloved like Disney. Um, you know, that's, what would compel sure. them to drive yeah. it into the ground? I, I you know, I, I, I'll stop at the, I'll start at the top and work down. I think ultimately it's a battle of good and evil. Um, from my yeah. perspective, it's a spiritual battle. Um, so people, you know, when they give themselves over to a lot of these things, it's, it, you know, it's a spirit that takes over and it kind of changes them. You see a lot of, a lot of young people where they've created these collages, right? of these beautiful young people and then they start to change and then by the end of it they're all tattooed and they got things up everywhere and and they've gone from beautiful to ugly and they didn't see themselves as beautiful you know there's something that changes in them that makes them see something that the rest of the world doesn't see and 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 they gravitate towards that. So I think it's a battle of spiritual, you know, good versus evil. I think like the the leaked videos of, of these upper executives that were sneaking in all this content into all the movies, and they admitted it. The one lady had two very young children who were transsexual or or something else. And and it, how do how do children at that age, you know, get these ideas? And for me, it it seems to be it's been incentivized by, by these very free thinking kind of areas of our, of, of, you know, in academia or wherever it comes from. So I think these parents and these people, it, it's, 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 it's something wrong going up there, but they're embracing this idea of true freedom of breaking all the norms of some kind of true freedom, some new society where they find the definition of freedom is, you know, an individual that can basically have a, 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 an intimate relationship with anything. And, and, and God, I'm sorry to even mention this, but you see it in Germany where they just had a festival and there, there were people that are now into dressing like dogs, but then there was a festival of people with their own pets, you know? So there seems to be this perversion and I'm getting heavy here. I didn't want to, I, I, I didn't mean to go <laughs> hole, but there just well? seems, there seems to be this perversion that it's a slippery slope, you know, there's right and wrong. And I think once you let go of a, a grip of right and wrong, it's just like a downward spiral. It just kind of pulls yeah. you down yeah. and then everything goes. And in their quest to break free of the norms in Western society or, or oppressive, you know, that oppressor oppressive, you know, it's a Marxist kind of thing. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's insanity. Um, but I, I think I think it's all of the things of above. I think there are people that are trying to destroy a beloved country like Walt Disney and, and beloved brands so that they can take this from us, demoralize us, normalize it. So you have the ESG scores, the DEI, you know, ESG hit perfection, I think, in Sri Lanka. They hit 98 percent and the country collapsed. Yes. So they, they had a real world situation where it goes, that didn't work. But no, they're going to keep pushing it. And they've used, you know, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, that own controlling interest of these companies. And they're using a controlled demolition of all these beloved institutions that have influence over the public. And most people just kind of go with, well, all every the media, the, the movies, 
the the influencers are, are, are pushing me that way. I'm going to go with the flow, right? The path right. of least resistance. And I think that's where I talked about earlier when when you shrink back in fear and you allow them to fill the void where you your voice needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to take you to places you never imagined. And I think that's what's happened. We're all ended up in places we never imagined because we didn't fill the void with the truth and we didn't have the courage to take a stand when we could. So then they they drove the train. They drove it in. They're driving it into the ground. I don't know if that answered it all. I'm just, <laughs> oh. just driving it into the ground. I'm going to go crawl in the corner now and just start falling. <laughs> I'm, I'm still hopeful. But it's ugly and it's bad and it's worse than anybody thinks because most people aren't spending the time to look at how bad it it, it really is. It really is, yeah. Yeah. We we just yeah, we need more of like the three of us and and other people, you know, our side is growing, but we do, you know, freedom isn't a lack of morality. Freedom doesn't mean evil wins, right? Freedom means you can stand up on the side and champion goodness. And you can decide, no, I'm not going there. And I think that basic humanity, I think even some of the young people are caught up in these things that are dangled at them and and toyed. I mean, humans are very easily influenced. I think that even them in the midst of it know somewhere in the heart and soul that this isn't quite right. This isn't quite how life is meant to be, right? And we have to be, um, as we stand up for goodness and we stand up for what's right, that we are also standing up with open arms, ready to take back people and help them heal. Whatever that looks like to that individual, right? You know, um, help them heal and, um, and and come back to the way, I don't know, this, they've co-opted language and everything has been co-opted, but you just know it, you, you know inside when something's right, you know when you're doing wrong, and 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 they they're taking that from people, especially young people that were still developing. You know, I I, I heard mm-hmm. I had I had one family friends families a young lady was eleven at the time and she comes home and says, all my friends are all these different sexual preferences, and she had enough sense because of her family upbringing to say. But they doing it because it's incentivized. It's cool. Everybody says it's cool, so they're doing it. And where did that coolness come from? Somebody, somebody kind of put brought that in. Now the same young person, two years later, fell to the things that she oh. was able to notice. Oh no! People, even when they know better, they can't stand against the onslaught that is happening. That just unleashed on us. This the whole pandemic just unleashed so many things during this two or three year period. Yeah. Um, so it, it it's just young people and, and even a lot of adults, they just don't have the mental fortitude anymore because they've, they've let it go and critical thinking. They're not, they don't have what it takes to stand against these things. Um, so, and, and these, these people that are doing these kind of influences, they know, they know what they're doing and, 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 and they, they don't care. They don't care about the people that they're creating. You know, they're helping create mm-hmm. a lot of confusion and none of none of them care as opposed to we really do care and mm-hmm. we're fighting for them and we're ready to take them with open arms but it's it, it, it's really it, it's a battle it's a battle that we're going through yeah it's a it's a brave new world i think that's the one i recently reread a brave new world and well uh, 1984 and sometimes i get the plot points mixed up because i i actually listened to my audiobook back to back 
what was I? But it's so it was so freaky because there were things that I saw in it that when I read it in high school, I never noticed. I didn't think about what it meant and how they're doing it. Now you're living it. You're living it. It's like, oh, wow. Yeah. But, you know, the sexualization of children, I, it just went right over my head when I read it in high school. But the other element that was really interesting in A Brave New World was like the main character, or maybe this was 1984. Well, one of the two books, the main character was spending too much time she was being told they were being told with one other friend it's like you have you you're you're getting too close to that person they you know that was frowned upon intimacy long term it was 1984 thank you long term friendships establishing something that could be considered say a family unit was discouraged and we're seeing you know that the whole family network and if you can't find we are um family creatures. We're social creatures. We need that comfort of those around us um, that are part of our family unit. And if you don't have that, you go look for it elsewhere. And the government ultimately steps in to replace that for you. You look to them for for the guidance and the help. Um, And it's so easy to turn the young people. Um, I just pray for that. It just breaks my heart. um, Some of the young people, what they're going to be going through. I mean, it just it makes me kind of sick to my stomach, but we have to face it and we have to stand up and we have to speak out. They make us afraid to speak out, but you know, we must speak and find the language. It's a lot like the, the um, neuro, what, what is called neurodiversity. Now there is a whole lot of environmental and iatrogenic injury, which is injury by medicine, injury by doctor intervention. Um, going on in the world. Our children are sick. They're exposed to so much. They don't have enough chiropractic care, right? (laughs) In the last hour, they need more of that. But there's a lot of things, including vaccines, that are leading um, to a whole lot of harm, especially neurological harm. The inflammation leading to all these behaviors that get labeled, labeled, labeled. And so we have all of this. And and so they, they put everything under this umbrella. And at first they were honest in the 1940s. They realized that a lot of these behaviors looked exactly like mild or severe encephalitis. So they knew there was some sort of brain injury going on. But then in about the 1960s, when they began developing drugs to treat the symptoms, they they, like, we're not gonna look at causes anymore. Just forget that. Let's just treat the symptoms. And then the umbrella became like, you know, the autism spectrum, it evolved. And then it became, oh, it's not abnormal. That's just neurodiverse. You're not injured. There's nothing wrong with you. You're neurodiverse. And which is, and then they made it so that if you spoke up and said that you wanted to, to end the harm leading to these diagnoses, they said that you were discriminating, that you wanted that you uh, you know wanted to eliminate all the uh, people with autism, right. you know, and so they normalize right. injury. They're normalizing the sexual sexualization of children. They're normalizing gender confusion. They're normalizing um, really creepy stuff and making people afraid to stand up because then you're accused if you don't go along with what they're saying that they're going to go kill themselves do you want that on your head 
you know? And and they're also, I, I, I think, as, as I thought about it, like the, a lot of the families, I have a lot of good friends that are, are raising vaccine injured children um, that are becoming young adults. It's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of commitment wow. and God bless them and help them through that. Yeah. But, but, but as they injured more people, make people sicker, bring down our intelligence with all these things, we're so busy in survival mode. It's yeah. easier for them to carry out their, their, yeah. their God complex, their, their God complex plan that they have Yes. of, of, of ruling everything the yep. way they see fit into their utopias, their whatever it is they're coming up with. So I think all those things are strategic to push us all into survival mode that we can't all fight. We're we're not a we're we're not at our full force. We're all we're juggling many things, trying to fight Goliath at the same time, and we can't even get the rock in. And we need our friend to put the rock in so we could sling it, you know. And and I think a lot of us are in that that boat where we're we're putting on many hats trying to keep up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all been, all been part of it on top of making money and, and all the other stuff, but yeah. And you know who is healthy though, in this nation, the millions yeah. of people illegally flooding over the border who are not required to get the COVID shots. And, you know, uh, it's, it seems as if, okay, am I getting, I hope I'm not getting beyond KKNW and CHDTV going in this direction, <laughs> but I mean, when you've got millions of people here illegally, um, a, a fair percentage of them, uh, healthy young men uh, who, you know, are desperate for work and to remain, you're building a healthy army against the unhealthy citizens who you've got, who you've damaged <laughs> through your, um, your whole sick care industry and... And one point that I, I noticed that was brought up that 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 was really terrible is like all these families, like in cities like New York, where I'm from, they're being forced to vaccinate their kids or they can't go to school. Right. Mm -hmm. But yet they're bringing in all these other kids and nobody's against the other kids. We're against the no. policy and the environment and the leadership that's creating an overwhelming ability that we can't keep up with. Yeah. with, with right. I'm for. Yeah. It's I'm for legal uh, immigration, you know, protecting kids, all of that. It's like, I mean, uh, oh, why? I've, I, Elon Musk was yesterday like at the border, and I, I agree 100% what he said. I'm absolutely pro legal, well done, organized immigration of individuals who are well meaning and want to serve, you know, live a good life here, coming here. But the. <laughs> It's unsustainable. It's, it's, unsustainable. it's unsustainable what's coming in. And it's frightening because people are vulnerable. Um, the illegal immigrants are vulnerable to being weaponized. Yeah. You know, I mean, I feel like the best thing that we can do as citizens right now, if you've, if you've got a community of legal and illegal immigrants, let's try to befriend them in the community so that it be you know that we we stand together in what's being done i don't know if that's how possible that is but you well, know you, 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 know, got a, you got a lot of bad people too coming over that's and, true and and, and it, it's 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 not going to work out good um and and i think if anything it's exposed to hypocrisy right they're worried about covid yet everybody's coming in no shots mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're telling you that the kids can't go to school because they're trying to protect the other kids and yet they're filling the kids' schools. So 
in a way they're exposing the hypocrisy of it and maybe that that's the silver lining in this where yeah. people wake up to it i pray um but at the same time you know the, the reality there there are a lot of good people coming over but i think there's a lot of uh, yeah you're putting, you're putting people in desperate situations yeah and, and all it's going to take is the you know it's good it, the right circumstance to set it all off yeah and and they've been pitting everybody you know it's between they're pitting us with race genders uh you know immigration and and they're creating this thing and they're they want us to turn on each other and then mm -hmm. you know you're seeing the the no rule of law in these cities like you saw in philadelphia the other day and 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 these things have been normalized and, yeah. and under some crazy ideas of social justice that make no sense to anybody mm -hmm. that has any foot in reality mm -hmm. but they're 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 creating all these perfect storms and that's why i i warn people we're further down the road and 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 they're they're setting us up for the perfect storm um and and you know it, it it forces me to pray more i'll tell you that yeah pray more yeah <laughs> it forces me to pray more and and ultimately i i what keeps me sane is just my faith god is sovereign i trust mm -hmm. and and uh and and then depending on that on his plan uh, yeah. because because there's a lot of factors that are just we're just not going to be able to figure it out i don't think at this point it's going to mm -hmm. take it's going to take a supernatural intervention after what these people have done to us and then i hope we hold them accountable um, yes what, what the harm and the suffering they've caused is unbelievable what yeah. i what i love about our side is i mean once people wake up and they find that moral courage to step out step forward at least in my experience all the people i know it's been fiercely passionate but also full of love and grace and and uh, prayer and not with violence you know um yes we want justice yes we want um people held accountable for the atrocities um but i i just feel like the people who are getting it are good people and we lead the way with this message with the message of hope and peace and I'm, you know, we are seeing victories in the courts. We actually saw the governor of California veto a bad law that got through their Congress, that got through what? their, yeah. There was a, a, a bill got passed that uh, was going to, it was the one about um, take custody, I believe, away from a parent who didn't affirm their child's gender choice. And the governor, after extreme pressure, vetoed it. Good. He's he's doing the great pivot so he could run for president. He's yeah. doing the great he's doing the great pivot. That wasn't out of the goodness of his heart. I'm glad no. he did. I'm oh, glad, no. glad right. he did it. But that but was it was yeah. pressure. And thank goodness for the pressure of running for office because that's when you get to see all the flip-flopping not sticking to what your beliefs are, except for, I can say, and this is my own opinion, the views expressed coming out of my mouth are not those of, you know, this station of CHDTV, but you're not seeing Robert F. Kennedy Jr. flip-flop. Nope. You know, the man is staying strong in his point of view, and some of his points of view are being attacked by the right and the left because he stands in what he believes to be truth. He's open-minded, he'll change his mind, but he's not a flip-flopper, and I so respect him for that but but yeah Newsom we know he's running for president because there's no way um Biden's gonna 
make it unless they, you know, figure out how to tie puppet strings to them. And um, well, he's already got puppet strings, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So just uh, sorry, just to just to interject a little bit of positivity here. So <laughs> Disney Disney had a high of about two hundred dollars a share about three years ago. And in that time, it has dropped down to what close to $82 a share. Ooh, that's uh, a plummet. Parents are pulling back from Disney. I mean, I, I don't mm. wish anything. Disney has been such a wonderful force in my life and my family's life. We have so many good memories associated with Disney, Disney brands, the movies, the stories. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a cultural juggernaut. Yeah. But people are reacting to it and they're saying, we don't like this message and they're pulling away including the investors. Perlmutter is a great example of, 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 a, of a person that's actually going to get in there, going to start forcing changes at the board level of what's going on. And we have to remember that what we're seeing right now, as you pointed out, uh, Nick, is that this is, this, is, this is a cultural revolution moment. And it's a very thin level, a very thin veneer of people that have gotten into the right positions and are driving it. And the same people are going, this isn't right. This isn't working. The other thing that really impresses me is that in this country, the amount of prodding, goading, gaslighting, lying, and outright criminal activity that has been imposed on the American public, and we haven't had a single riot, a single outburst, people are, are you know, I think they're realizing that this is so dangerous that we really have to open up our hearts and understand what is going on and react with great care. Yeah, they want yeah. us to step out of line and do the, you know, the far left is burning buildings and no action taken. But where we see how they created um, instigators and created January 6th. Now, I don't give anybody who actually, you know, did anything illegal that day. But, you know, that whole thing is just, can you imagine if there actually was on our side? Oh, yeah, they're just wait. So everybody, let's let's keep the peace. I believe we will win because truth and light always wins. Um, God wins. I'm not going to let the devil win. I'm not going to, you know. I want. I I hope someday Disney just does a big apology and goes and cleanses everything, every little hidden disgusting thing they put in in their movies that we love. Take it all out. Let's just cleanse everything. <laughs> start over. Let's get back to what it's all about. I grew up with the wonderful world of Disney and staying up on Sunday nights. And, right. you know, I still believe in, in trying to preserve childhood innocence and that magic. It still feeds it, it, who it, I am today. It's so much fun to spend time with your family there and make memories and everything. And one, mm -hmm. of, the, one of the biggest things is I talk to people, especially a lot of older people. I see people literally get emotional because they have such fun on memories with their families and everything. So it has been heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, I always, I always say I'm, I'm calling it out for a win-win, you know, I ultimately, and, and the reason I stayed at Disney still working uh, when I have other options is because I wanted to remain a voice inside when so mm -hmm. many, when so many people were, were scared to even talk out, um, and, and it was, everybody was whispering in corners to me and everything. Now I'm able to have conversations out in the open and it has helped change the trajectory of things. Um, so yeah, I'm hopeful and, 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 and going back to, to a sense, some more goodness, uh, more balance, 
um, we were the most diverse company on the planet. Nobody had any problems with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but but once they start going after the kids, it's it's they reached another level of of, of something else. Yeah, uh, so. time for us all to take a stand. Um, I'm showing your website there, uh, goofyvaccine.com. And where else can people find you? Because it's delightful to hear you talk. Just you're you're a, a brave, courageous, ordinary man, and you have a also have a Rumble channel. Can you tell us what that I got, is? I got, I got a Rumble channel. My friends at freedom square good friends of mine they said you got to start a podcast and i said no and they said we'll we'll help you with it so i finally started a podcast and it's at on rumble only they kicked us off of youtube like in four hours um <laughs> hey so, you know you're on target when you only that's four, yeah, hours. Yeah, four hours so we're we're, we're on uh, rumble at catarano and ricks um, and we got some shows up there, so we've been we're, we've been really enjoying that. So it's it just it's just great to meet new people that are like minded, and we're we're, we're fighting for the same things. Um, so it's really always great to talk to, to to people. And thank you for having me on and and uh, uh, having a great conversation today. Oh, you're very and welcome. I feel like we went pretty dark. Uh, but, <laughs> that's, that's okay. We brought it back. We, we, we brought, brought it back. It back. Well, Nick Catarano at GoofyVaccine.com, thank you so much for, for your courage. Um, stay strong, stay out there. Javier, as always, great to have you on the show with us. Um, everybody, we'll be back next week with uh, more live, wonderful interviews. So all of you living in form late, stay strong, stay loud, stay loving. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Brad Dacus, president and founder of the Pacific Justice Institute. For over 25 years, PJI's mission has been to defend religious freedom, parental rights, and the sanctity of human life. PJI has protected patients from being taken off life support and stood up for citizens around the country facing job loss for medical decisions that should be left between them and their doctor. For free legal representation and resources, visit PJI.org. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy. But we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. High above 
above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com.